Yeah, talk into the mic. Yeah, ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wrong movie, I feel like, but okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley with a brand new microphone. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm Justine with the same old equipment. <laughs> same old, same old. I'm just excited because I can move around. Mm-hmm. My arm Ashley's a very off. mobile person. I am. If you didn't know. Yeah. It's been hard to keep her, like, pinned down for all these thousand episodes. Finally, we came up with a solution, which is just get me a radio mic. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a professional. <laughs> which, in reality, I am not. Justine no. is the professional podcaster. I am just the sidekick. <laughs> I'm the what? best friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> What makes me a professional podcaster, not you? Because you have more than one. Oh, when you have two, then we can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me plug. Subtle plug. Pod (laughs) Appetit. A Bon Appetit fan cast. That podcast is blowing up because we have such a niche fan base and currently we're the only one doing a (laughs) podcast. We're the best game in town until sometime when somebody else starts one. That's fine. <laughs> you never know. That's how it works. Yeah. That's how the podcast works. Yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. But but for this podcast, this one. This one. This slumber party. The slumber party for your ears. Holla. Plugging our brand. Yeah, yeah. We are in our PJs. <laughs> I am. I literally am. <laughs> Ashley lives in her pajama. We've discussed this. I do. I, I frequently... I Yesterday, I had an edit session where I actually wore sweatpants. I wore my Stranger Things sweatpants. And I was like, yeah, oh, these yeah. are my pajamas. I'm not changing. I'm comfy. I'm in my house. You know. I wear a pair of shorts that like 2000 skater boys wear. So they're very comfortable. <laughs> they're, they're comfortable. He's just a boy. I'm just a girl. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't do anything more obvious than that. I can't remember the words. Wow, that was not that the words. That was really bad. That was so bad. I'm so sorry, Avril. But am I? <laughs> Don't apologize to Avril Levine. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about how problematic she is. That's somebody else's podcast. That's why this I said, pod- does she deserve it? Does she deserve an apology? Because I don't think so. Not really. No. Anyway. Sarcastic what do we do? apology. I don't know. What are All we right. doing? Podcasts, oh, slumber yeah. party, romantic comedies. Yes, we've been watching them in chronological order all the mm-hmm. way back uh, for five years. This is season five. This is season five. Yeah, we've been This rolling. is our last movie from 2003. Goodbye, 2003. It was it was an interesting experience, 2003. But we ended on a high note, I feel. I feel also that as well. Well, well, what, that's not a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> what did we watch? You you may be asking. They come for the romantic comedies. They stay for the rambling. I, they, they do. It's true. Okay. We watched 2003's Under the Tuscan Sun, which I thought was going to be blah, but it was. Mm. Yeah. 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 I was surprised. Mm hmm. Sam, like, took a nap because we went, oh, <gasps> I was just about to ask, did you watch it with Sam? I didn't watch it with Sam. I, well, I watched <sighs> the end with Sam. So Sam took a nap because we went to uh, Good Burger today in Hollywood mm-hmm. because we are we did the most millennial thing we could possibly do, which was go experience the 90s as condensed into a, a restaurant form. Yeah, I would not do that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. I loved it. Anyway, I digress. Watched the back half with Sam because he was taking a nap. And he thought he came in at the beginning of the movie. Like it was right when she did the, she had the meet cute with a much cello. And so he was just like, oh, so she's like, okay, so you just started the movie. And I'm like, no, I've been watching this movie for an hour. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) This movie is a journey. Yes, yes. Okay, the reason I'm upset that Sam didn't watch it is because, like, everything in this movie is a metaphor, and I feel like his brain would have exploded of trying to point out all the metaphors. Well, I've got it for an hour. Maybe I'll make it, or I've got it for a day, so maybe I'll make him Uh watch it. (laughs) Well, he's seen the end. There's, uh, yeah. 
No, yeah, make him watch it. He'll yeah. like it. Yeah. Okay, so the description on IMDb is simply this. A writer impulsively buys a villa in Tuscany in order to change her life. Uh, Sure. I mean, it's not wrong. It's very blah. Like, it doesn't encapsulate what this movie is. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if you just had that line no like poster or whatever i mean like would you think it uh i don't know it says change her life so you're like okay so it's a woman uh uh, i don't know there's not much there's not much there that makes me like ooh, i want to see this movie Mm -hmm. like why are we selling it like this this is terrible yeah okay this movie stars diane lane raul bova and sandra oh who we previously watched in the princess diaries And shout out to her amazing performance in Killing Eve. It's so good. This movie was directed by Audrey Wells, who also wrote the screenplay, which is based on the book by Francis Mayers. Francis Mays. Mays. It's a it's a bit of an autobiography, but they changed it majorly for the movie. It's just like kind of based on the premise, but um, let's just say in the book she has a fiance already. (laughs) Of course. So there were multiple editors on this movie. Two are only listed in the front credits cards the front of the movie. Yeah. But um, on IMDb, it lists three. But the third guy listed twice as additional editor. So the first editor was Arthur Coburn. The other editor was Andrew Marcus, who edited Hedwig in the Angry Inch. Oh, oh that uh- explains so much. And the additional editor was Todd E. Miller. The first assistant editor was Yvonne Valdez. The assistant editor was Ellen Taylor. And the assistant editor for The Avid was Corinne Villa. So all female (laughs) assistant editors. I mean, we get shit done. This movie was an hour and 53 minutes. is rated PG-13 for sexual content and language. Did you know that it was almost rated R until they put digital underwear on that one guy? What's his name? Oh, Zeus. Zeus, yeah. I thought he was supposed to be naked. Yeah, he should have been naked. Would have got him an R rating. Oh, whatever. This movie, this is an... What under 18-year-old is going to go see a movie about a woman discovering herself after a divorce? Nope. You don't have the mental comprehension for that. I'm sorry. Yes, but but we can't upset the female sensibilities. I don't even know. Oh, by showing butts? Yeah. Give us the butts. Yes, but we're we're fragile. We will collapse in on our own horniness or whatever it is that yeah. Freud thought. Under the weight of all those butts. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we've come so far because HBO just aired five penises Woo! on their network in Euphoria. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to watch the rest of the series. Props to you guys. Round of applause for penises. <laughs> um, this movie has a 6.8 out of 10 IMDb rating and a 52 meta score. And now we move on to the awards section. The awards. At the 2004 Glad Media Awards. This movie was nominated for Outstanding Film with a wide release. If you don't know, that's the Gay and Lesbian Association Awards. So we knew we were getting into something that was gay. I mean, it's a little bit. There's a little bit. It was a, little, a sprinkling of gay. A little sprinkle. Sprinkle, sprinkle. sprinkle. Yeah. At the 2004 Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Comedy, or Musical for Diane Lane. Oh, good job that's for her. It. Good, good. Yeah, I think deser- she she held this movie. She did. She did a good job. Yeah, because she could have more. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have so many sync points. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think about now. Wait, one, two, two three. three. <laughs> okay, okay. You want to talk about it? You yeah. want to talk about it? Let's have we talk. talked about it enough? Let's talk. We talked that we had good feelings. We we had the good feelings. The good, the bestest. I thought it was sweet. Yeah, I think that this movie probably got 
shit upon a lot in the era for being a chick flick where you know most of the critics are male who are like what do we need this movie for but actually i related to this movie a lot i figured you did (laughs) as someone who is still continuously building her life back together (laughs) it's it's good to see this story you know because wait wait wait. i have to say this real quick when she went to the divorce apartment place and then just collapsed on the floor and said home i'm like oh my god it's justine (laughs) (laughs) thanks because that's kind of what you did after we finished moving you in oh i did the new yeah yeah oh gosh Ugh so many things blocked out in my mind in my memory <laughs> don't worry i will carry them on thanks um but yeah i like i said i think it's an important story to tell uh and i really liked how it was told because i mean this movie has tropes yes but i feel like in an even more like tropey movie they would have just given her a guy right away and be like here's guy to solve your problem but it was really time needed to heal her and i feel like it had a really well done passage of time yeah the house metaphor yeah the house the baby this the people the horny teenagers mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we watch a fair few movies where time passes and i feel like this one kind of did it the best i think maybe the other one i'm thinking of is like notting hill this one i think oh. tops it in terms of like time passage notting hill <laughs> It was well done. I mean, there are a few, like, kind of cringy, like, ugh, but this is 2003, you No, know? I think it really, there were parts where, yes, it did feel very 2003, but it really did encapsulate this, this timeless thing that is, like, so relevant to the human experience, where you're getting your heart broken is going to happen, unfortunately. It is one of the worst things mm-hmm. that will happen to you, but it is going to happen, and A lot of times people are not taught how to process those very, very strong negative emotions because especially in American culture, we have a tendency not to, we want to look away from the negative. We always want to be positive and it's always like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get through it. Like you're going to find a new man. You're going to, you're going to be fine. Like, but divorce happens Mm -hmm. so often in our culture that it's really sad that we have these very few good representations of dealing with a broken heart i really appreciated it appreciated the fact that they actually never showed her husband that we never got to have the caddy moment or the the, like the caddy trope with the adulterous uh, like new wife or the young there was a little bit of that there was a little little but it was it was done through the lawyer rather than through through another woman so you, yeah. you you don't have that visual representation because yes, people are terrible no matter like their gender. That's that's you have terrible pe- you have terrible people in every group of uh, of society. I liked that you really did see her like at her very lowest point, mm-hmm. and it was gradual. It was very gradual, and we actually got to see into that darkness and. Mm-hmm. I, I like the scene where they're going and looking for the snake in the bedroom with uh Martini. Martini was really really sweet because he wasn't explicitly saying, "Oh, you instantly have to be happy." He's saying it's a process. Like you're going to mm-hmm. get you're going to get through it. You are going to get you're going to see through the darkness. But at the same time, he was also validating her sadness, which we don't do enough of. And that's really sad to me. I think my favorite part was kind of the climax of the movie where she gets so very upset and is like, what more? She says, what more can I do? You know, you try every single day and you struggle and you're like, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And then something just knocks you down again. You're like, how much more of this do I have to go through? And I mean, like, that is real shit. Like, Mm mm-hmm. Because healing is not like linear, as we say. You're up and then you're just right back down again. You have to work back up again. When you thought you had it all together, something last minute just like, oh, that one thing that was going to save me. Nope, that's not there. So what else am I going to do? I can only rely on myself. So 
forge ahead. I mean, like, that to me is, like, what the point of the story is. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, we have a lot of movie to go through. And not a lot of time. (laughs) Not a lot of time. The beginning, which is weird. Now that I think about the beginning, I'm like, it's a little weird. And I mean, it's a little appropriate. We're kind of being introduced to our main character through another guy who is giving a speech. He's an author. He's releasing a book. um, And he's praising Francis for encouraging him while also weirdly coming on to her in public. Because she married. She's like, oh, I'm married. Yeah. It's weird that I didn't find it that weird. I don't know. I found introducing her through a, a former student was like really appropriate because we are going to spend nearly two mm-hmm. hours with with her, singu- like singularly yeah. with her. And so it was nice to see her, how she was in her life at that point in time where she's yeah she's not giving anything to herself she's giving to other people so right kind of neat i i felt like it was it was needed and she's giving it her 110 percent, and that's kind of why i felt like the can i french kiss you now from from young foggy from daredevil um yeah <laughs> there's so many cameos in this movie um <laughs> which the end one we have to talk about I know what you're going to say, which has no reference to me. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's showing to me that she had this, re- it's symbolic. I'll go with Sam's idea of this. Is it Everything's s- a symbol. Yeah, everything's a symbol. Se- well, everything in this movie is a symbol, but it's symbolic of how she's married to her work. And mm. so much so that she's given, she's completely given this kid his career. Essentially, is yeah, because she's supposed it. to be writing her book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. You're exactly right. So then there's an after party, and you get to see kind of like her lovely life, but she's just like got this writer's block. But then, um, an angry white guy shows up, as they do, as they do, and he's the kind of angry white guy that can't take rejection. He's Twitter. Literally, yes. He shows up and he said, you said something mean about me. I don't like you. Your husband's cheating on you. Bye. <laughs> Bitch. To which she just is like, uh, uh, uh. what did what he does say? that mean? Like, seriously, he shows up because a woman said something not nice about him. Whatever, dude. So she goes to Jeffrey Tambor, her lawyer. Yeah, that was odd. The uh, husband wants alimony, but he's like you do have an asset it's the house but then he wants the house because the new mistress wants the house so if you give them the house you get all this money sort of deal i want to know what and this may be like a specific illinois thing because obviously i i was very young when my parents were going through their divorce but i want to know what judge would give a husband alimony when he's already in a new relationship and can and is is finding support elsewhere because the whole point of alimony is you're supposed to support your spouse so that they can maintain a consistent standard of living uh i don't know it was some lawyer talking it where they're like well you supported him so legally by tax reasons you should be able to be fine and she's like, but I supported him while he was having this affair and living his dream and writing his books. Where did I need to write my yeah, books? It's, I feel yeah. like she has way more leverage with a judge because the judge, a judge does consider, at least most of the time, they do consider the human aspect of it. I'd be interested to know more. I don't know. It could be a uh, movie bullshit. So, yeah. Who knows? Uh, so Jeffrey says to her, You'll be okay. Someday you'll be happy again. Yeah, it's again the American bullshit. So she has movers over to the house, but she doesn't want to take anything except for her books and one empty glass. I liked this moment. This is something I would do. I would take the flowers out of a vase and dump the water all over. I would then also throw the vase in the house, but (laughs) I would still do this. So it shows that she she doesn't want anything of her old life. She's like, yeah. it's theirs now. So she goes to stay in a short-term apartment for sad people. Then we have Sandra O oh and girlfriend. Kate Walsh, also from Grey's Anatomy. 
Mm-hmm. This was before they were on Grey's. I know. I was like, look, Grey's Anatomy lesbian lovers. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they take her out for chocolate cake and cheers to freedom. I loved this. Yeah. So this is like subtle passage of time. Mm-hmm. Now that your divorce is finally through sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that she's been, you know, living with the sad people whom she calls her people. <laughs> and just not coping, but just kind of existing. existing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But good news. Patty, Sandra O is preggers. But now they can't go to Tuscany. So they give her a first class trip and she's like no and they're like your depression is speaking yes they're like don't worry it's a super gay tour of tuscany so stop being chicken and go so she thinks about it thinks 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 listens to the man next door cry and she's like okay i'm in send me with the gays (laughs) gay in a way is the name of the tour group And the gays are there to support her. They were like, here is our sister, beautiful Frances. We are here for you. Anything you need. Can a girl get some wine on this tour? (laughs) I was super concerned at this point that it was going to be, the movie was going to make these men her, her, or these gay couples. There were women there, uh, lesbians, that they were going to make this a... Gay saviors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was very concerned. Like, let's make them their her gay fairy godmother. uh, That does happen. Yeah. Like, that still happens. Like, I think that happened in... Did you see Dumplin'? It did happen in Dumpling. Though, I do feel like in Dumplin' it was addressed a little differently because she was going to where her aunt spent most of her time and these were her her Mm -hmm. aunt's friends. So it's less about the, the... the gay savior, or I, I called them the her their fairy drag mothers because I felt yeah. like they were they were precious. They could fall into that trope. I just that yeah. trope hits better. I feel like because of the backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely felt it like with Dumplin' like the second time I watched it. Yeah, I was like, huh, is that that trope? But like the first time, you're like, yay. Because you need drag you, queens. you need you need <laughs> drag representation, like. Yeah. It has to be there, so. Yeah. Okay, so we get a bit of a Tuscany or Italian uh, montage, and um, they're in a marketplace, and she sees a woman rubbing a duckling on her face, and this is uh, future Ashley. This is literally future me. This is what I aspire to in life. We don't know who she is yet. We just know she's crazy. So when we see crazy lady, we stalk that bitch, which is what she did. (laughs) I thought it was gonna be a fiction, like a a fictional character that she was gonna write. I thought this was like J.K. Rowling's backstory. <laughs> In a way, kind of. I feel like, I mean, Catherine. This is the character, Catherine. She's also a metaphor. Yeah. No, she is. I love her. <laughs> she is. She is your your spirit. You know, she's your free spirit. <laughs> yeah. This is who you are meant to be when you let go. <laughs> She meets a fellow American who's on the tour and he's like, you're a writer, write this postcard for me to my mom. And she writes this beautiful postcard and he just turns out to be like another ungrateful white man. Who is also gay. See, there can be bad people in every group. (laughs) But like, yeah, most of the men that she meets in this movie are somewhat shitty. (laughs) Yes, preach. She's walking through town. She sees some like real estate listings and then that strange woman Catherine sneaks up behind her and is like don't you want to buy it Francis is like that's a terrible idea and Catherine's like don't you just love terrible ideas and then like mysteriously moonwalks away yeah it was amazing I loved her so she's on the bus and the bus magically stops in front of that villa that she was looking at in the listing it stops because of sheep and whatnot magic sheep So she sees it and she's like, I got to get off the bus. Let me off. So they like drop her off. She starts trespassing and then she runs into Martini and this German couple who are there to buy it. And they're like already in the process of buying it. Martini's like, sorry, the house already sold. And then the old Italian woman, Contessa, who's there, who owns it, is just like, no, 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 no. (laughs) She keeps raising the price up. 
so much that the other couple just like bounces. And then Francis, she goes in, she's like, well, this is what I can pay. And then Contessa's like, no, I need a sign from God. And so Francis gets up to leave. And then one of the pigeons that's in the house poops on her head. And so that's a sign from God. <laughs> According to the Contessa, who is very excited about this, this pigeon poop. It's a very good sign. And she gets the house. So then we get like a little like house montage of finding the quirk. She says, you got to introduce yourself to the house because she's Marie Kondo back in 2003. <laughs> Make each room your own. So she like calls Patty and tells them, I bought a house. I mean, there's a lot of like logistical things of like, how did you just like become a citizen? Are you just staying there? Or there's weird legal things. And the whole end of it where everybody just kind of ends up staying in Tuscany. I was just like, how? How? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. You have no income, but whatever. It's a movie. She makes her income by being the crazy American lady who built, who bought property in, and writing books. Yes. I wonder if she still was writing her book reviews. Maybe that's how she had oh, income. Maybe. But then, like, what, what about Sandra O oh, later on? She's just living off of her best friend. Yeah. I'm like, how do you people afford to eat? It's fine. By selling their San Francisco homes. Valid. <laughs> Yes, I see it now. Okay. Ashley, I have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> we have to buy property first. <laughs> Darn. <sighs> I was like, here's our plan to make money. Oh, but we need money first. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So the next morning, Martini shows up to check on Francis because there was this big electrical storm that murdered a washing machine. She has contractors show up. So there's like this uncomfortable contractor montage of different sort of Italian men, whether they know what they're doing or not. But Martini is there to translate. He's my favorite. He was my, my one of my favorite male characters. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's sweet. Yeah. Nino with the Polish contractors ends up getting the job. They're so ragtag, these Polish guys. <laughs> They're my favorite, too. I am Pavel. So Pavel looked like the kid from that movie. Uh, he w- he looked like the dancer from Center Stage. Oh, we got there. Same time. Yes. So, yeah, they go to work tearing down a wall. There is much collapse. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. She's helping the neighbors with their olives, and love is in the air. The teenagers are horny. (laughs) All the horny. There's also a sexy man who helps her not fall down a ladder. So she has dinner with the neighbors, and Catherine is also there. And this is like the first time we have like a real actual conversation, not a figment of imagination (laughs) time with Catherine. Yeah. The grandma is upset because... She had an internet lover who learned that she's an old lady. That was a not going anywhere plot point. (laughs) Um, That flirty man turns out to be married, which turns into a running theme for this (laughs) movie. She goes and hangs out with Catherine and Catherine is recounting her time hanging out with Fellini and what Fellini taught her. Fellini said you have to live life in many directions and never lose your childish enthusiasm. As one does. Later on, we have a scene where a snake goes into her house and she, you know, loses her shit as anyone would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She calls Martini over to find the snake. It ends up with her just crying, being like, what am I even doing? Why did I buy a house here? I can't do this. I don't know how to do anything. Kind of explains that divorce is like death, but you don't die. She says she was so stupid. He's like, well, then why are you here? Why are why are you here? <laughs> She's like, well, I'm sick of being afraid and I still do want a future. I want to have a wedding in this house. I want to have a family. She has goals and plans. She does not know how to get there at all. So he tells her about this train over, over the, Alps. the Alps. Yeah, it was between uh, Venice and... 
Oh, fuck. I don't remember. But it's over the Alps. It's over the, it's the mountains. Yeah. But the point was they built the train tracks before there was even a train powerful enough in existence to be able to handle this journey over mountains. Yes. I don't know. What do you think the point of that story is? I took away from it that just because you aren't ready right now for any like for anything mm-hmm. you should still have the foundation there to support what might happen in the future mm, i like that because it's like they didn't wait for a train to exist they knew that they wanted to get someplace yeah anything that you're trying to do like it's you know that in the future that you are going to want to do this specific thing like for us it was we went to film schools because because we knew that we were going to work in the film industry one day or we had that passion so we chose to to have a foundation that we could fall back on it with college at least for me that's what i fall back on it a lot because i got a lot of troubleshooting experience just working in the the post center mhm sorry i was thinking of hamilton when you said foundation <laughs> Yeah, it's also like Hamilton. If you don't plan for the future, you're going to end up having to wait on the back end. Uh, It's about having hope. Yes. Yeah, she doesn't have a partner yet, but it doesn't mean she can't want things or it's it's complicated. It's a look look forward to the future in a way, which is still a new concept for me because I've always had a really hard time looking looking past certain uh, mm-hmm. certain timelines. Um, I really wanted to be present in in the future because I feel like the past was kind of soured and stolen from me a little bit. So why I need to be present right here, right now and not mm-hmm. so focused on the before or what's coming soon. That was a metaphor in the movie that resonated with me. So it's, I think that's yeah. why I've got such a interesting connection to it. Sorry, I couldn't finish my thought. I related more towards Catherine's advice, which is like, don't focus on it. It'll happen naturally. Because <laughs> if you like fixate too much and try too much of like, this one thing is going to work. This one thing is going to be how I get out of it. And if it doesn't work, then you're like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. But if you can't, if you if you don't have the faith that goes like that's, I think, what they were trying to do. Was oh, they were trying right, to show faith. The ba- well, they were showing the balance between the um, freedom of expression and freedom of worrying about it. But if you don't have faith or hope, like it, it does become a moment of being feeling stuck. Just because you're not focusing focusing on something, you don't have anything to work forward to. So you kind of stagnate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like I like have a goal. But you don't have to map out every single step to get there. Yeah. Things will naturally happen if you're always kind of focused and using your gut and intuition to reach that goal. Route changes to be part of the plan, I think, is is something. Mm. And it was also kind of nice because then the two the two character representations of those two different ideas came together in the fountain. No, yeah, they're definitely like this is the part that represents the id and this is the ego, but not that, but very much these are characters that are supposed to represent a part of her. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I thought that was a really sweet moment. Yeah. I think it worked because I feel like the characters themselves were kind of like whole characters that Mm -hmm. had like their own shit going on. Well, yeah, they weren't, they weren't just like... Magic best friend or... Yeah, they weren't like the... The magical, like, Cupid characters, like, in Love Actually, it was, they're just people that have these different ways of dealing with their ideals of life. So, Mm -hmm. and they were just imparting what they feel is their wisdom to this woman who's going through such a very hard time. Do you feel this movie reminds you of uh, Life is Beautiful? It does. I was going to bring that up later. Yeah, Ah! I do. (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) Because life is beautiful is is about finding hope in the darkness. And I really did feel like it drew from that in a way. Mm-hmm. Even though these horrible things were... Ha- like, divorce is a horrible topic. It's a horrible thing to go through. But she found these little pockets of happiness during her, her depression. 
when she was still mm-hmm. going through that. Yeah, so back to in the movie, at this time we learned that Martini is also married because it, there for a moment you're like, is he the guy? And they're having a moment? And he's just like, you're wonderful, but I've never cheated on my wife and I don't plan on starting now sort of thing. He let <laughs> her down so like nice. Yeah. You are a fantastic human being. Let's be friends. <laughs> like, It was really nice seeing it be a male character do that because I feel like... Oh, because he was cool. Yeah, but I feel like normally in romantic comedies like that we watch, it's the female character who's putting the guy in the friend zone and he has to like try and like fix her and like change her mind and stuff. Instead, mm-hmm. she like she understood where he was coming from and she kept him as a respected friend and advisor yeah. and I thought that was really nice. So, as we were just talking about faith, we have a pretty big faith montage because she talks about Aunt Mary. Aunt Mary's everywhere. <laughs> Mary, Mary Jesus. What's it? Mary Jesus. Mary Jesus. You know. So then we get some time passage. Speaking of Mary and Jesus, to Christmas. <laughs> she runs into Martini and uh, she meets his family and he brings her a gift, which is the patron saint of cooks, a little statue thing. Mm-hmm. What are they called? I don't know. Whatever. And he said, maybe he'll help you find someone to cook for. And then cue magic snow. Ah, My favorite thing. (laughs) And so she starts cooking for her contractors. Like, she is fucking extravagantly gourmet chefing up in this little villa. She has so many talents. Like, let's be honest. All of the talents. She's, like, too perfect of a woman. Yeah, she really is. Can she be my mom? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be I'll be part of your family. Yeah. Let's all be a part of her big gay family. Yeah. Yeah. She takes Pavel to see a lovely movie called George of the Jungle. <laughs> I love that we had a little bit of Brendan Fraser in this movie. Swoon. I love George of the Jungle and I will fight anybody who disagrees. I feel like I've said that yeah. before, but it's true. So the girl that he likes is there. So she like does a little matchmaking thing, like go sit next to her. so she goes and visits Catherine, uh, who is getting naked having her portrait painted by zeus and francis is like uh no um okay bye i'll see you later and Catherine's like you're so boring did you also notice that they never show his head so he was a headless man i didn't notice that because i was looking elsewhere (laughs) yeah they never showed his head digital underwear butt (laughs) yeah it was pretty good for digital underwear. It was. <laughs> Catherine says to Francis, you're so sad all the time, all the time, so gloomy and sad. Just forget about it. Forget about it. I'm trying, to, I'm doing things. She's like, you're doing things, but you're not forgetting about it. Let it come naturally. So she's like, fine. And she takes a day trip to Rome to get catcalled and followed by Roman men. (laughs) Yep, as one does. So she's running away and she grabs a random man to ditch the guys by going like, oh, there you are. I've been looking for you everywhere, darling. Yeah, so she has um, this guy do the pretend boyfriend husband thing. And it's just like, peace out. And then the guy's like, wait a minute. Come back here, attractive woman. She's like, well, I'm looking for an antique store. And he's like, my name is Marcello. I can bring you to an antique store. It's a couple hours away. And she's like, great. I'll get into this handsome stranger's car. As one does. Let's go on a lovely coastal drive. Short story, I did do that once in Chicago. You got in a strange man's car? I did. He was with friends. Uh, I went to see uh, Where the Wild Things Are by myself in Chicago for the Mm -hmm. first time. I was living in the dorms at the time. I went to the midnight show via public transportation. This guy with his group of friends drove there. He offered to give me a ride home because he saw that I was walking to the train. He's like, it could be really bad for you to do that. And I'm like, okay, thank you. (laughs) I don't know how, you know, at the time I was just like, I don't, don't know anything i probably should not have done this but it worked out okay so yeah marcello he brings her to his family's bar 
and he's all smiley and flirty and she finds a kitten which is a metaphor for pussy <laughs> uh, same as anomaly <laughs> it's a kitten it's, it's her, her young youth. renewed pussy <laughs> yeah it's her youth i just wanted to say youth. pussy it's her childlike innocence <laughs> yep aka she's getting some he he wants to swim in her eyes which she laughs at, which hurts him. And then she apologizes and then politely asks to ride his dick. Pretty much. No, yeah. She's like, can, uh, can I sleep with you? And he's like, American women so forward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're really not that forward, I don't think. Uh. So then there's this weird green screen kiss <laughs> where the sun sets and it becomes night. But then we have sex in an antique store, which is nice because then she starts groping the statue penis. It was amazing. Oh, my God. It was so amazing because she didn't let go. She no. didn't let go. No. Nope. She just she held on for dear life. She got some. She got a lot of good sum because she was very happy. She she wore him out because the next morning, their morning snuggle, she grabs his dick again. And he's like, I am exhausted. And I was like, you wrecked him, girl. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Right? Right. So he's like, man, it sucks that you don't live here. You have to come visit me again. She's like, heck yeah, I'm coming this weekend. But surprise visit from very pregnant Patty. Super pregs. Super pregs. About to burst. Like, how did she fly? (laughs) Mm, You can fly in your second trimester. But I thought she was, like, ready to pop. Oh, I took it as, like, a passage of time by the time that she broke her water. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a little bit. Patty's partner ran out on her, saying she didn't want to be a mother anymore. Like a bitch. I found this to be, like, less believable. I feel like if Patty was the one who wanted the baby... More so than, I don't remember Kate Walsh's character's name. See, I don't remember much about that character, so I don't really have an informed opinion on if this makes sense. Because Kate Walsh's character was a doctor, and she was constantly in and out. And maybe she just didn't want a baby. And there was like a re... Because they had been trying for a really long time to, to get pregnant because... Francis does say fifth time is the charm at the dinner. It has to be really, really expensive. Yes. So it could it, it could just be that Patty was the one who really wanted the baby. And mm-hmm. uh, Kate Walsh's character was more just going along for the ride because she loved her. But then when it became... Because re- she didn't real. think that it was going to happen. But then it became real. Yeah, it's very... I feel like even especially at that time, very small chance... For all of the the magic to happen. Yeah. No, you're right. I can see it that way now. Yeah. So Patty stays with our girl Francis. And so Francis can't go see Marcello. Yeah. The contractors uh, fix the retaining wall. Other things. Francis catches Pavel and the neighbor girl in her bed trying to do the do. And he's like, but we can't do it anywhere else. And she's like, you are in my bed. I don't even do it in my bed. My How dare you get some? Without getting me some. Hook me up with one of your people, you know. Come on, yeah. come on. This is a small town. So Pavel and the neighbor girl, he's like, I want to get married to her, but her dad won't have me because I'm not Italian. I'm Polish. Polish. And so he's like, but I'm going to prove how Italian I can be by kicking ass in the flag throwing festival tomorrow. (laughs) I did not know this was an Italian thing. And now I want to go to Italy just to see this. (laughs) It looks dangerous AF. (laughs) Yes, but also amazing. So there's lots of flag waving and jumping. It's like sword fighting with a flag. It's sword fighting color guard. (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. With men in tights and cotton pieces. Yep. Pavel does this great big flourish, throws the flag super high in the air. Intends to do a backflip. Does a backflip. And then, I don't know her name, neighbor girl is like, I love you. And so he gets stunned and just doesn't catch the flag. And it hits him in the head, knocks him down. And I swear I thought he was going to die. So did I. Because... 
Patty was like, it won't kill them to ask for marriage or whatever. She did that right before, in the scene before. She's like, it's not going to kill them. And I'm like, ah, ah, Tom's dead. He, I thought he was going to be, we're going to go to him. He's going to be bleeding from the head, everything. But this is a movie, a nice PG-13 movie where everybody ends up happy in the end. He's completely fine, even though having a severe head injury. <laughs> It's 2003 where the dark stuff has already happened and, you know, the world is reeling and we just needed Mm -hmm. some escapist, beautiful, happy endings. I thought he was going to get straight up impaled like, ooh, ooh. I I almost I was very cringy at that point point until everything was fine. Especially with the sound effect that they had, like when he gets knocked out, like that was a very heavy, like head hit sound effect. Yeah. Oh, that that's would, what you that use for like him. when you when you headshot somebody in a video game. Like that's that sound Ugh. effect. But magic love saved him or whatever, and he's yeah. still, he's fine. No brain damage at all throughout the rest of the movie. He can wiggle all of his fingers and toes. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's the most Italian Polish man, strongest man in the world. Yep. And then the. Women are just like, oh, these kids, uh-huh, they're going to be fine. <laughs> fine. Young love. And she's just like, oh, childish innocence. I see it. It's beautiful love. Love is beautiful. Mm. Young love yeah. is beautiful. <sighs> so Frances is helping out the neighbors again. And so she gets a pair of binoculars from a guy and she sees that Marcello is visiting her and that he's missed her because he's off to drive away because Patty can't get him to stay Mm -hmm. so she completely misses him and she's just like patty what the fuck why did you make him stay and then patty goes into labor yep and then we have a baby born and some more time passage and francis is writing and the house is done coming together everybody's leaving now the house is done Patty's got her baby. Everybody's got their things, but Francis is alone and sad. You're right. A lot of time does pass where we don't yeah. see Marcello anymore. Right when she's feeling so lonely and sad, packages show up from her old life reminding her how she got to be where she is. Just to like really stab her some more. Send that message home. She's <laughs> like, hey, remember your old life? It's in yep. these three boxes, you loser. He left her a note uh, when he stopped by and patty Mm -hmm. gave her the note and so he had said that he had a dream about a white dress her in a white dress so she says i gotta get a white dress she says that to Catherine, Mm -hmm. and then she gets a dress very nice dress and she gets a lift from a vespa cop (laughs) Mm -hmm. to his town and it's a surprise visit, and we know surprise visits in movies are always bad. Just about. <laughs> always. Always. There's never a good surprise visit. <laughs> I feel like there has to be somewhere, but yeah, most mm, likely. Yeah. He goes and meets her outside, and then we see a woman on the balcony being like, Marcello, when are you coming back to me? I'm all naked wearing a towel. <laughs> Come back, my love. And he's like, what did you expect? We could never see each other. And she's like, but you couldn't wait for me? And he's like, no. I don't know. It was a long time and stuff happened. And don't worry, there's someone for you, my Francesca. Bye. Bye. She goes back, sad walks, and she sees Catherine in the fountain. Yes. Which meant something that I can't remember. It's a, a myth. Yeah, it's a bit of a story. Lady in the fountain, man goes to get her out. Francis has Martini go in there mm-hmm. and get her. And he's very sweet and gets her out. Yeah. Francis takes her home, gets her into bed, takes care of her. Zeus has left. She is sad. They talk about it, and I feel like I relate to this a lot too of people. You always see people if they have like a lot of like boyfriends or whatever, girlfriends, whatever. They they're just very popular person. They're like, "Oh, they're always having fun and stuff. It's fun." But there is kind of always that heartache every time, you know, somebody leaves, you know, it's, huh, that person's not around anymore. Whatever, it's mutual or just for fun. It's still like kind of a bit of a heartache, mm-hmm. I think. So she's like, yeah, it's like that, but you never know. And someday you're just going to be smiling again. 
And she says that there, it's nothing that a, a, a bottle of champagne and a good cry can't fix, which I thought was yeah. nice. So Francis goes home. Patty's like, well, you're back already. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Patty's like, the neighbor kids are in the backyard. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do anybody's. Does that. Got it. Yeah. She's very upset. Has her what more can I do moment. Screams. It, yeah. It's her little breaking point of like, this was going to be it. This is going to how I was going to get out of it. But then she hears the, the neighbor girl crying. It's that childish innocence, that young love. This is what she can do. She can help them. So she finally goes with the kids. The kids ask Nino for permission to be married. And Nino is like, no, 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 no. This kid is Polish. He's got nothing here. He has no family. And Francis steps up and he says, he has me. I'm his family. (laughs) I thought this was really precious. They liked it. Yeah. So the kids get married. In her back, well, not in her backyard, in the Catholic church, and then they have the reception Uh in her backyard. You know, she's happy about that. Martini is there, reminds her, hey, remember with the snake, you wished all these things? You got all your wishes. I don't think you realize it. You wanted to have a wedding in this house? Here's a wedding. You wanted to have family here? You have your family. And I think it really does hit her at this point of like, oh my God, I created a whole new life. When I didn't plan it or think about it or focus on it. Mm -hmm. But I hoped for it. And she's wearing an amazing orange dress. Mm -hmm. She looked good. Mm -hmm. That was definitely your style. Yes, it was. It was exactly my style. (laughs) 50s. So was the white one. It was. I wouldn't wear that because I don't have the boobs for it. (laughs) Because it was too low cut. Yeah. No offense to your boobs. No, no, no. They they are who they are. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so at this point, I thought the movie was over, like ending right there with her just kicking back and seeing her fortune around her Mm -hmm. that she's created. But no, an American man shows up off screen. (laughs) Christopher Hayden. Hey, you have a ladybug on you. Let me pull it off of you. He's like, uh, so I was uh, traveling through Italy and, you know, I have a book that you reviewed. I heard you were here. So I thought I'd come say, hey, what's up? Flash you my smiles. And Jesus like, oh, God, are you angry? Did I say bad things? And he's like, you know, you gave me the best worst review I've ever gotten. So thanks. You're cool. I led me to write my next better thing. So he's her guy (laughs) so yeah the the actor who played um his name was ed which i thought was Mm -hmm. odd he did not look like an ed yeah he had the worst name in the whole movie he did (laughs) the actor is david sutcliffe who played christopher hayden in gilmore girls which is one of my favorite television shows i talk about it a lot justine has never seen it so she doesn't understand not going to see it Christopher is kind of like the horrible dad character in Gilmore Girls, and he's Mm. supposed to be the absent father that comes back every once in a while. He, in the seventh season, like totally just pissed me off and made me hate him for forever. So, but I will say that during this time, this was, this was during his Gilmore Girls days. Um, This is when he was his most attractive with the curly hair. Because he shaves his head at some point, and it just doesn't... I don't like it. He's very Dempsey-looking. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we have a couple epilogues after this with some narration. The the Polish contractor saying goodbye and hugging and taking pictures. It shows everybody coming over for dinner, like the whole family, and Ed is there, and they're smoochy-smoochy, so you're like, oh, they got together. Everybody's moving to Tuscany how but whatever um, then you see the faucet in her front room is ridiculously flowing oh we didn't really talk about it no we never talked about her dried up fountain before oh oh the metaphors <laughs> her dried up fountain anyway it's overflowing anyway, it's overflowing now whoo and that's how the movie ends. 
it's a good movie. A little bit at the end. I, I do. You think she should have ended up with this mystery man? Do you think she should have had a guy, or just left it with her being happy with her fortune she wasn't seeking out but received? I think it was a nice way to tie up the rest of the movie because he he doesn't appear until she's made the self-actuated growth happen. I think that 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 in and of itself is another metaphor because love... She was ready. Yeah, love finds you when you're ready and you're even when you're not looking for it. I don't think that it plays into the trope of a woman always having to find a man to be truly happy because she had already found true happiness. He was just a nice added bonus that came into her life after that but was he too much of a trophy i don't know there's something that kind of irks me that he was the exact opposite reaction but the same setup as the angry man in the beginning i don't know i i see i see your point on it i just i there's something about it bringing it full circle and giving you a very satisfying conclusion even though you already have the satisfying satisfying conclusion in and of itself, it's it brings it back to where she doesn't have to be afraid of angry white men. Like she's yeah, she's done letting the angry white men control her. No, oh, yeah, that was like you said. Every guy yeah. in this movie was yeah. like, oh no. I think if we if we really like think about it deeper, and we we link it back to all of the the symbolism that we've we've established especially the you hope for this to happen one day but you don't plan for it and you you stop looking for you stop forcibly focusing on it that's where this was do i think that it needed to be at the wedding or i I feel like it could have been another situation where we had it be in the little vignettes part Yeah, yeah 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 i like that i feel like that may resolve that tropey feeling of it because because i feel like it'd be like oh she did end up finding somebody yeah i don't know yeah we're like half and half but still good movie yay yeah yeah i think i think it works i think i definitely think it works for me yeah i know i don't hate it but uh, to me i'm like a eh, trope 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 whatever <laughs> well we should say tropes are not bad like inherently tropes are not, tropes are not bad. bad so while we can point out that there is a trope, tropes do help us tell stories and and mm-hmm. and do create an impact. What I'm figuring out, I'm like, does it rub me the right way or the wrong way? Yeah, sort of. It, it f- creates a finality to it. Like, okay, she's yeah. she's healthy now to have a relationship and be comfortable if it doesn't work out. Like, I know that this character can survive. Aw, she's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what I take away from it. While it is, yes, it can be a trophy trope. Okay. I want to go to hashtag accurate now. Do you think we can come up with a better plot synopsis than the IMDb one? Probably. Which was very simple. I like impulsively. Impulsively is good. I don't like change her life because it's not really change her. It's more of like a meta metamorphosis where she becomes a better version of herself or a different version of herself. Not really. Cha- it's not like she changes who she is. No, no, no. But she creates a, a brand new life. Yes. Yeah. I think create would be a better word than change. On the brink of a divorce. <laughs> After a traumatizing divorce, a woman is sent on a quest. I always like quest. Or not even a quest. A No, I feel like they were like, go have some fun. You'll come back all refreshed and renewed. And then you'll be able to take on the world. But she just stays. Magic. Magic makes her stay. Yeah. She's got some happenstance happening. After a traumatizing divorce, a woman impulsively buys a villa in Tuscany in order to find herself again. Yeah. She learns to cope. I think that's the real thing. Ooh, yeah. Like, she sets out to, you know, renovate a house and ends up renovating her soul. (laughs) That sounds good. I like that. 
something. Yeah. 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 yeah we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we are going to rate this movie. I am going to rate this movie four Polish cornerstones. Aww. Aww. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'm going to rate this movie four and a half ladybugs. Aww. It was really good. It was good. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Like, I really was Totally. Not. I know. I think that this movie, like, suffers from, like, chick flick curse. Or just bad marketing, which I guess well, that's is what the all the marketing that yeah, <laughs> I'm like that's what chick flick curse is of dudes being like, ugh, movie about feelings. <laughs> Gonna start my period. <laughs> We're here to resolve the chick flick curse. <laughs> yeah, I think we've we've said all the praise. Yeah, that we're gonna say. I just want to sit in this moment of happy relaxation. <laughs> Are you in your own private little villa in your mind? Yes, in my tiny little office. Yes. Beautiful. <gasps> Beautiful. Uh, well, we've got some mail. Yeah, we do. Did you know that? Of course you did. Yes, you I sent, sent it, it to, to you. me. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> well, this time on the podcast, we have a review from Erica from Customers Also Watched podcast. Hey, Lady Pod Squad. Lady Pod Squad. This squad of ladies. Uh, this review is entitled Something for Everyone. Five stars. Even if you're not a rom-com fan like me, I'm a horror gal for life. Anyone can enjoy this podcast. Justine and Ashley's expertise and keen perspective offers something new for all of these films and will make you want to go back and revisit them. Top episodes for me. Can't Buy Me Love, Chasing Amy, Hedwig and the Angry Itch, inch i always say itch i'm sorry high fidelity and joe versus the volcano give them a listen that was a good list yeah that yeah those are like our faves man i want to okay we're 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 putting her list on our our blog (laughs) i'm gonna like just i'm gonna make a special section erica's playlist erica's playlist let us know what to add erica yeah you've got Great taste. Yes, 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 girl. Yes, queen. Yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching Queer Eye, if you can't tell. Um, No. (laughs) Well, next time on the podcast, we will be watching and moving into a new year with 2004's Saving Face. I have never heard of it. It's lesbian. Lesbians. That's what we just want to do all gay movies, all that. That's we're changing the podcast. <laughs> hey, Outfest, you need a podcast? That's right. <laughs> uh, well, if you like this podcast and want us to do more gay movies, because who doesn't, why not become a patron? Support the Cutaways podcast at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast. Mm. Help us keep the lights on. our website is thecutaways.com please visit it it's beautiful and i spent so much time on it and you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast please visit those locations as well because justine spends a lot of time on that yeah please leave us comments rate us and subscribe to us on apple podcast stitcher or your favorite pod catcher what's your favorite pod catcher uh i don't remember the name of it it's the one that sounds like rain overcast overcast yeah and of course we always play a lady pod squad promo at the end of every episode so check them out as well yes yes hand me some s'mores it's been a pleasure podcasting with you this evening ashley oh that's so sweet pleasure was mine pleasure was all (laughs) yours yes so now my mission in life is to get you a Tuscan vacation, apparently. Please, thank you. Okay. Well, that's it for us in the Blanket Fort. It's been great having you joining us in our sleeping bags. And we would like to see you soon. Bye! Bye! Hi! 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 Hey, this is Liz. 
Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon.